I mean, give it up. It's not coffee. Don't keep calling it coffee. It's it's a hot milkshake. <laughs> that's what it's a hot mocha flavored milkshake and we're not so positive about the mocha it is true that is really true <laughs> i'm addicted to milkshake this is a whole another level tish set that one aside specifically for you mm-hmm. so if you ever wonder what to order in the store that is a caramel macchiato caramel macchiato caramel macchiato got it well, I am Lance. And I am Mike. And we are just these guys, you know. How are you? I am rested and refreshed and ready to go. Yeah. And I'm way behind on everything, but. Of course. You uh, know, I've had this uh, revelation, and I really, I think it occurred this week while you were gone. I was thinking about uh, the fact that if I was in your shoes, I would be stressed. So how ridiculous is that thought? (laughs) Because, and I've always been this way, I've been a bad vacationer because I was always thinking about, so talk about fundamentals. Yes. Yeah. So I I was always thinking about everything that I was going to have to do after the vacation. Right. Which kept me from enjoying the vacation. Yeah. Which kept me from really even wanting to go in the first place. So then I'm a terrible company. And so, uh, you know what? I am determined. The revelation is this. I'm determined to change the way I think. And we are going to introduce a program today to do that, Ah. whether you knew that or not. Nope, didn't know that. We're going to introduce a program to help the people on the podcast and the people in the video Mm -hmm. to learn how to change how they think. But before we get there, I have to give a shout out... um, there is a new coffee shop in town. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. Carpe Diem. Yeah, I'm excited about have you, it. Have you stopped by there yet? I have not. I'm just excited about it. I, I stopped by yesterday. <laughs> Tish and I did. Went in, met the owner, Perry. Oh, cool. Okay. Perry is the owner. Perry is a fantastic dude. And the great thing about Carpe Diem, we'll come to their menu in a minute. And, and it's on Facebook, so just look it up. Carpe Diem. Yeah, and it's located where it means it's right by the church. I don't have the address. But. It, it is um, eighty six thirty one ish West Central. Yeah. If you know where my office is, yep, it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's Crazy Jay's Bed Shop. There's Spangles, and if you go through that parking lot to the next shopping center, directly behind the Yellow Interest House Bank that they have over there, that shopping center, Robin Plaza. In the middle of it, you'll see an outdoor seating area right in front of the cafe. And the great thing about Carpe Diem is they uh, support uh, special needs people. Wow. They work there. Awesome. It's a place for them to have employment, and they have staff who help them uh, have a job and, and do the work that they do. And I went in expecting, you know, to see, like, Breakfast, lunch, dinner, or coffee, soda. Right. right. No, they have a full-on menu. Wow. Too many coffees to choose from, and then mm-hmm. you can create your own special whatever. I had the Wooshock, mm. um, a 20-ounce Wooshock, and it was fantastic. Uh, dark chocolate, coconut, coffee, just great. I will go there today. But yeah, Carpe Diem, it's over near my office, 8631, 33, whatever. Um, 
West Central, right behind the Yellow Interest Bank, go in, uh, meet the staff, mm -hmm. tell them that just these guys sent you, and they won't give you a discount. That is awesome. But... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is crawling distance from your office. Oh, I, and they oh, they open at six a.m. Oh, they serve breakfast, dude. Oh, uh, and and I was looking at the breakfast menu, and I'm like, I'm trying to lose weight, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at that breakfast menu, and they have you ever have a pan a pancake on a stick or yeah, like yeah, the hot dog and yep, they have a waffle. Oh, a waffle on a waffle stick. on a stick, and, and I saw that and with sausage. Oh yeah, yeah. They they have. Mm, there was a there was a display there of their their products, and uh, I was blown away. It's a great cool. place. Um, go hang out. Take your friends there. Awesome. Carpe diem. Awesome. So before we dive into your your program here, I did have one thing that I want to just mention. Yes. You know how Abraham Lincoln said, "Better to." Stay silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yes. That is exactly how I feel most of these Tuesday mornings. <laughs> and the one thing that I just have to stand here and fully admit, I don't want to, but I feel like I need to, is that I am quite the fool when it comes to technology now, this is not a surprise to anybody who knows me very well. Right. But you were so kind the last time we were together to give me this, what do, you, what do you call it? I know it's popple, but this technology bracelet. Correct. That will literally, if you just tap somebody's phone, it will transfer all of your information to their phone. Such an, it's like a business card. Yes. It's a business card on your watch. Gives them all the links. Doc gave this to me thinking... This is simple enough for him to deal with. <laughs> no. No. So I'm set up. I've got an account. I mean, you got to understand what you're dealing with here, Doc. I tell people all the time, I keep my phone on silent mm -hmm. because I don't like the, the ringtone. <laughs> Not realizing that I can just change it. I am truly a simpleton when it comes to, so that's more negative thinking that I'm overcoming, <laughs> but I have been able to, to create an account, but here's the deal. I didn't get more than two minutes into this deal and Apple literally locked me out of what? my Apple account. Yeah. Had something to do with my password. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> it, every time it happens, I know that there are, my people are out there who are dealing with the same stuff. I just have, I feel like I'm, I'm going to get very real right now. I feel like I am technology's biatch. <laughs> <laughs> and it is slapping me around. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'm excited about it because as soon as uh, you help me come finish setting it up. Now, did uh, you I'm figure out the thing with Apple? No, because here's the deal. I have to actually be sitting next to my Mac when I do this because it always says, proceed to your Mac. <laughs> <laughs> and I never have it with me. It's either at the office when I'm at home or vice versa. So anyway, I'll get it done. But I am excited about this. So thank you very much. Well, and um, I was thinking about that this morning as uh, waiting on you to come. I was going to ask you about it. And then 
but if you if you want if it would help i'm you, you need your mac apparently um mm -hmm. but uh, i have free time in the office tomorrow <laughs> yeah you got about five or six hours no we'll figure it out can't but, be that big of a deal well but they are cool and they're not that expensive either, really. I mean, I'm not underappreciating the, the gift, but for, <laughs> for people to go out there and get them one. You, you got me this, yeah. and I looked it up, and it's cheap. I looked cheap. it up, and I was like, dang, it's not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a great, I, I really see the value in it as far as being able to very easily transfer your information and just say, hey, check it out. Well, and the, and the great thing about it for you mm -hmm. um, is that's, that's the foot in the door. Sure. It's like. Hey, can I give you my business card? Mm -hmm. um, and then once you start holding your wrist up there, it's going to start a whole conversation. Oh, yeah. And when they do it, they're going to be amazed to see yep. your information just light up in their phone, yeah. which then is the door to, we do a podcast and these are the links. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. Yeah. The, the, the conversation starter leads right into yeah, the absolutely. conversation you want to have. Hey, just grab your phone real quick. Cling. And there it is. Now, and what so, I yeah. haven't tried is <laughs> just walking by somebody in Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is this? What? Yeah. That'd be kind of fun to try. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, what do you got? Well, you, you know, you said when we were talking last time, um, we were talking about how to study the Bible. Sure. And as, as I was teaching a bit about how to study something mm -hmm. as opposed to just read it as it was you made a lot of comments that hadn't even registered for me as I prepped for that that uh, uh, podcast that morning sure which was there's a whole language here that uh, many people are not going to grasp or understand yep that is also crucial to them being able to study the Bible. So what is a scripture? What does that mean? Right. Um, chapter, verse, what does that mean? Right. Books of the Bible. Is, is the Bible one big book? Is mm -hmm. it 66 books? You know, when was the first book written? When was the last book written? Yep. Who wrote the different books that are in the Bible? All of that stuff is you know, really kindergarten and elementary level that a lot of people don't have. And, and so without that basic understanding then they're not going to gather and understand a lot of stuff you're going to be saying at a higher level. But what is a higher level to them is your kindergarten. Sure. So when I say turn to, you know, Mark chapter 15, verse five, who's Mark? Right. And what, what are you talking about? Mark. Yeah. And, and I've seen people in men's group who show up, they have their Bible that their mother gave them 30 years ago Yeah. and they blow the dust off of it and, Phelps will say, you know, all right, let's open our books too, and you'll see people looking left and right. Yeah, and it they don't know what that meant or yeah. where it's at. And that moment is the moment that we all fear. Yeah, and that moment is the moment where, again, kind of going back to, they would just prefer to to keep their mouth shut and be thought a fool than to actually have to open their Bible and be proven right. You know. That that's a scary moment. Yeah. And I mean, so you, literally walking into this group and somebody says that and you're like, who's Mark? <laughs> yeah. Who the heck? Thought we were here to study Jesus. You're talking about Mark. He's my neighbor. Yeah. 
So no. And then you start throwing numbers behind it, and they have no clue what you're talking about or where to find them. Yep. The Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah. So yeah, we we take all of that for granted. Well, and that got me to thinking um, with what we're doing here, in in terms of just opening ourselves up to the world, opening ourselves up for people to see we're just a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. You're a pastor. I'm a psychologist. But at the end of the day, we're just two rednecks. Yep. <laughs> um, hillbillies who are just like everybody else. Right. And uh, during our conversations, and, and I'm glad you brought up the negative thinking this morning, during our conversations, you know, I will say should, mm-hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. I'll throw these little cues out to you and you have this, you know, reaction over there uh, or you'll say, I'm trying not to say not. (laughs) And it clicked for me that many of the people watching this or listening to this are clueless. Sure. And for some of the people who have um, studied some of this stuff on the videos, uh, I will highlight when there's a violation of fundamental number two or fundamental number three. For, yeah. the, for the viewer. Yeah. But if you're a viewer who has not studied any of this stuff, that means absolutely nothing to you. Right. And yep. it probably distracts from the video or the podcast because you're spending five minutes trying to figure out what he meant by fundamental number three. Yeah. And you miss the next five minutes. Yep. So fundamentals, what are you talking about? Right. So what I thought would be a good idea, whether you like it or not, Um, but you've said it a couple of times why don't we take like six or seven of these just to nail it down you bet go through the the concept of of changing how we think uh, learning to adopt different perspectives why that's important and then lay out in the podcast a, a lesson of fundamental number one two, three, four. Yep. So can I suggest something? Sure. Maybe you've already thought of this. I don't know. But it's so I'm standing over here and I already have been introduced to all this. But I'm thinking to myself, for everybody that hasn't, I'm interested in knowing where did this come from? Where did it come from? Yeah, where did this, like, what's the, give us a history of how you came about putting this together. And then how it eventually ended up in a book and how it continues to be something that literally every day can, for me, it's challenging for one thing, but it's also so incredibly helpful to be able to continue to move in a positive direction in how I think, which affects how I live. And so, yeah, where did this come from? Well, in short order... Oh my God, he's going to tell a story. It's it's born out of chaos theory. Okay. Because <laughs> that's, you know, kind of how I think. And and so it wasn't, I didn't sit down one day and say, let's make a program. Right. But I the, the history that kind of behind it is when I um, had to do a postdoc, the, the people kind of blackmailed me into taking over the anger management program. Postdoc? After you receive your doctorate, got it. After you receive your PhD, your doctorate, okay. In order to become licensed, you have to do a minimum of, of one 
postdoctorate study, one postdoctorate education, one year of postdoctoral studies. Okay. And you can do as many postdocs as you want, but to get licensed, you have to do a minimum of one. And so I was shopping for a place to do a postdoc at, mm-hmm. and they said, we need somebody to take over the anger management program because Lester Lee is retiring. <laughs> And I'm like, why didn't you say so? Anger is my favorite emotion. I love yeah. that. You know, I, I live there. Right at my alley. <laughs> and so I sat through with Lester Lee. And all due respect to Lester Lee, because I know he's probably out there listening and watching just because I'm saying this. But I flatly 100% disagreed with how the program was being taught. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't Lester Lee, not personally, but when I then went out to research anger management and how to do it, they were all doing it the same way. All the programs that I could find were essentially 12-step kind of programs. Yeah. You have to admit you're powerless over your anger. You have to come to admit you are an abuser, and then and only then can change begin to take place. And it was a, it was a group, which doesn't mean anything to you, but it's a, it's a therapeutic relationship that I would have with the group members. I would be the doctor. They would be the patient in my group, which means I'm liable for them. Sure. I have to diagnose them. I have to treat them. I have to write up notes and they're dependent on you. I have to, I have a responsibility for their safety and other people's safety. Mm. And in the midst of all of this, I was reading the newspaper back when they had newspapers and in the left-hand column, local man, (laughs) lights his ex-wife on fire and then shoots himself. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the name and it sounded familiar. Ooh. And I went to the computers and found that he had signed up for the anger management program. But thankfully for uh, Lester Lee and the agency, he had not shown up. And so they terminated him as a client. If they had not terminated him, then that agency would have bore some responsibility well, for his safety and for the safety of those around him. So I discussed it with the agency and said, let's make this a class hmm. instead of a group. Let's make it a class. And so that was kind of the, the genesis of where some sort of programming of mental health treatment kind of came into my mind was we can teach certain things in a classroom format to give them the skills that they can use or not use on their own. And so as I began to develop the program, because again, I couldn't find anything out there that spoke to me in a, in a way that I found utilitarian or useful yeah. for what I was trying to accomplish with the anger management program. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up just sitting down and saying, well, what do I think would be helpful for somebody in an anger management program? And we have people who are involved in domestic violence. We, we have people who are involved in family conflict. We have husbands and wives who are, you know, fighting so much the court orders them to go to an anger management program. There, there's a whole slew of reasons a person lands there. Kind of like at church, you've got all sorts of issues sitting in front of you. You've got people who've never been in before. People have been there for 20 years. So you're, you're yep. hitting a wide audience. So I'm yep. trying to hit a wide audience. And I really just kind of kept coming back to just really basic skill sets, things that people don't understand 
that if I can teach them how to understand this, then that may equip them to make better decisions later. You bet. And so as that unfolded, uh, and I'm, I eventually I, I took a, a part-time gig at a, a drug rehab center. And the <laughs> before breakfast, before every group, before every meeting, uh, they always cite the serenity prayer. Right. And you're grinning. And the serenity prayer is beautiful. Mm-hmm, written absolutely. in 1600 or something by some. Mm-hmm. And it goes something like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Mm-hmm. The courage to change the things I can. Right. And the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. Now, I'm a patient man for so long. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Spending, you know, 10, 20 hours with these people, yeah. not these people, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get canceled again, yeah. but spending 20 hours with people in drug rehab and every hour, every 30 minutes, they're saying this prayer. And then the moment they stop saying the prayer, yeah. they turn and start complaining about what somebody else said, <laughs> or they would turn and start crying about what happened to them six years ago. Yeah. And, and they would blame their lot in life on, you know, something that happened uh, 12 years ago. My parents didn't do this. That's why I ended up here. Or they would turn and start worrying about the future, you know. Yeah. Remember so, the serenity? Yeah. So I'm only over here uh, laughing only because I've read the book. So I know exactly where you're headed, which makes the idea of saying that prayer and immediately forgetting it, just not even bringing it anywhere with you, leaving it behind, not right. even acknowledging it. One I totally, second. I totally get what you're doing here. So, And I would get so frustrated. Yeah. And part of the frustration was I, I wasn't equipped sure. to handle that moment. Yeah. And so I'm getting frustrated with them. <laughs> Because I'm trying to accomplish something here, but I don't know how to accomplish it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, confession time, honestly, in a fit of frustration, mm. I began to yell at him. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would be the guy sitting over there having just said that prayer and wondering, what is his problem? And my yelling turned into coaching. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Coaches it is. yell. Yeah, that's it. I'm doing this for your own good. Yeah. <laughs> but I would point out, what did you what what did you just pray? And they're like the Serenity Prayer. I'm like, what what is it about? And then they would recite it. I'm like, no, don't repeat it. What is, what does that mean? Grant me the Serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And they're like, you know, deer in the headlights. And this 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 guy's yelling at me. Right. And so I came up with for for my sanity and for something to respond to those moments. I'm like. It says, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom Mm -hmm. to know the difference. Well, I'm going to give you the damn wisdom right now. (laughs) (laughs) If it's in the past, you can't change it. (laughs) Right. And I just, that's where fundamental number one came from. Sure. Was an, an urge in me to help other individuals move beyond a stuck point that they were constantly circling the drain 
over how their husband treated them or how their wife treated them or what you know uh, somebody said about them the other day at work and they would circle the drain over that and end up relapsing and so that's where fundamental number one kind of came into the fold mm-hmm. and then two three and four uh, obviously they're they're cognitive distortions their cognitive reframing skill sets that i've been trained in but there's actually 10 of them but i have my opinion number two underlies pretty much the other eight sure and and so there's overgeneralizing there's catastrophizing there's these other cognitive distortions but number two is is at the heart of pretty much all of them so i began to notice when I moved into family law, very high conflict, child custody, you know, their lives are on the line, who gets the child, what's going to happen to the child after the divorce, very passionate, uh, loving, earnest people living in fear and anger. They've just been hurt terribly. And so there's a, a high degree of conflict in those arenas. My workload is stupid. Most <laughs> most people doing my job were doing two or three, four cases a year. Mm-hmm. I was doing 250. <laughs> <laughs> so every hour, yeah, I'm listening to people in conflict. And when you do something that much, that often, I began to hear patterns. Yeah, sure. And in those patterns of conflict is where two, three, and four began to be born because fundamental number two, what should be versus what you want, that was a large part of the conflict and it would launch you. And and when when we get into this, you'll, you'll understand a lot better what I'm talking about. But fundamental number two of how things should be gives away your control to other people. Sure, yeah. And then launches you into the future, launches you into their mind. So they shouldn't have done that. Why would they? So now I'm reading their mind. And then, well, that means, and now I start predicting negative futures. Yeah. And I'm skipping right over the two things I have a hundred percent total control over the only two things this moment in time. Yep. This is what I control. Yep. And what I think. Yep. Excuse me. I call fundamental number two should happens. It's, it's just, it's a different SH word, but they're similar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) those sh words are the same really and so yeah i call number number one this is just so i can remember sure Uh, number one is control freak and number two is should happens but yeah so real quick let's just take a minute tell them where they can get that because if they have the book it will help them to be able to just kind of go along with us over the next several weeks as we uh i mean this stuff I'm telling you, will change your world if it's just like Scripture. And by the way, all of this really comes from the Lord. The It comes from the one who made us. 
it, it was his original stuff. Right. You know, you, where did this all come from? How did you come up with it? And I said, chaos theory. And in chaos theory, there's something kind of moving the chaos. To us, it's chaos. To a larger picture, there is a plan there. Sure. And so uh, I do feel I was led to pull all of this stuff together. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. And over the time that I began, you know, tepidly, because this is stuff I use in, in my individual work with people and, and trying to help people get over depression, anxiety, PTSD, those types of things. This, these are the tools and skill sets I use with them. It was really, you know, the anger management class helped, but it was really your request mm. to take the eight-week program. Yeah. And condense it down to three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you said, can we just focus on the very <laughs> essentials and, and squeeze it into three weeks? Yeah. And all that is, is, is my simpleton ways of needing everything really broken down and condensed as much as possible so that I might actually apply something. So as we started doing those classes, those three-week classes, which first were just simply meant to anybody new to the church they would come to this class for three weeks and then i don't know if it was before or after and then the staff they'd have a class with the staff in it and they get to meet the staff and hear about the history of the church and then this three-week class and it was one to help people kind of learn to think a little differently about christianity and church and the bible sure so as to incorporate them into what you're doing but then it built community because everybody's now speaking the same language. And, and when those classes started, you, Nancy, uh, Terry, other people would come up and make remarks on the side. They're like, you know, I heard so-and-so saying, I got to stop saying should. I need to start focusing on what I want. And I just wanted you to know that whatever you're teaching in there is a fusing out. Sure into the congregation yep and so that was where the four fundamentals really kind of came together was was taking these years of these these class teachings about how to manage emotions how to manage anger how to use anger as it was designed mm -hmm. as a power yep how to communicate with other people in an effective manner uh, all of that in, that was taught in those classes then got condensed into a three-week program. And then people would ask, that was a great class. Do you have a book? Right. And so the seed began to get planted to write a book. And then when the pandemic hit, yep, you know, and you and I and another other people who won't be named because I didn't get consent forms from them, but we started that group. Yeah in the evenings where a bunch of very powerful men came together to mm -hmm. lead the city. And I think it was your idea. It wasn't my idea. I wouldn't set myself up like this. Well, but depending on what it is, I'll tell you if it was my idea or not. A goal to accomplish for the class. <laughs> and we went around the group. And each person had to state what they wanted to come out of this class with, oh, or this yeah. group with in our class. But us men getting together with our various expertise in different fields of, of industries, 
what do we want to come away with? That bracelet never stays on. And so when it came to me, I opened my mouth and said, at the end of the six-week program, I would like to write a book. Oh, boy. And once I said it, yep, I had to do it. And the crazy thing is, is as little time as I have free, time was made. Yeah. And it, it did not disrupt any of my routines. Uh, the time was made for me to do it. Uh, everything kind of came together. And yep, it's so, awesome. So the book, 12-2, uh, is an homage to Romans 12 to hmm. do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know and test mm -hmm. the good and perfect will of God. And that's where the title of the book came from, because the, the book itself kind of hovers around Romans 12 to and there are, I don't remember, uh, about eight or nine chapters. Um, but the book walks you through the concept of perspective, how to change perspective, and then introduces you to each of these four fundamentals and then kind of wraps it up in a fusion of the four fundamentals. And it, it it's a very thin book. It's only 100 pages. Very the, easy read. The feedback I've gotten for people who've not attended any of the classes or ever talked to me mm -hmm. is they cannot read it all in one sitting. They have to read one paragraph, Sure. sit back, think about, digest it, spend a couple of days ruminating on it, yeah. and then go back. Because what it's been described to me as is a, a fire hose of knowledge. It seems very uh, arrogant for you to say that, but I will absolutely co-sign on that. It is. It really is. And here's the thing. It is a, a fire hose of understanding or be beginning to understand why your thinking has created the majority of your anxiety, the majority of your stress, the major and it's because we've been we've been thinking this way our whole lives and to begin to understand that that is the problem is the beginning of then moving forward. I read a, a proverb uh, earlier this morning that said better to eat crumbs uh, by yourself than to feast sure. with a house full of conflict. Right. Well, my mind for so long has been a house full of conflict. And I'm telling you, the four fundamentals right here will help to change that. What? And and I'm still figuring it out. I probably spend the rest of my life figuring it out. But I'm telling you, if you just apply a little bit of this, you want more. Well, two interesting stories. One, the... Uh about the mind and, and being, you know, a house full of conflict. I had a, a guy referred to me by a very important person who held the purse strings for a lot of my work that I do. Mm. And they called me and said, he's gone through a divorce after 20 some odd years and he's living in my basement and we are sick of him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he cries every night. He's up till midnight, 2 a.m. working on stuff down in the basement at dinner time. That's all he talks about. And it's been eight weeks and we need you to fix him. <laughs> and the, the challenge was so daunting because if I fail, right, they have to live with him 
for another eight, 10, 12 weeks sure. and be angry at me for not. Yeah. So we worked really diligently on these things. And it was so amazing because uh, again, not me, this, this stuff's not me. He came in about the third or fourth week and there was a significant change in his demeanor because normally he would come in, sit on the edge of the couch, his face is all red and he's squeezing his fist and he's on the edge of tears and he's just gritting his teeth. Well, he came in this one day, four or five weeks, and he sat down and he sat back and he put mm. his arm over the couch and mm -hmm. he's smiling and he looked around. And I can't repeat his exact words, but you'll get the gist. But he looked at me and said, I effin hate you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, why, why do you hate me? Mm -hmm. He said, because now, there are fewer ping pong balls bouncing around in the dryer. Mm. Mm. He said every day, all day long, all he obsessed on was the conflict in front of him, the divorce. Yeah. And he would email his attorney all day long. He would get off where he couldn't wait to get off work. So he could go home to my friend's basement and go through documents and pull together arguments and prepare to hammer this person in court. Yeah. And it was just so miserable and upsetting. And he said, once I really started thinking about what I want, uh, there's no conflict. Mm -hmm. And I, I called my attorney and said, you know what? I'm perfectly happy with what's on the table. So just they thought he lost his mind. Tell him I'm going to sign it. And he said, now the reason I hate you is I have five to six hours every evening where I have absolutely nothing to do anymore. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. The, the freedom that came yeah. from shifting how he thought. Yeah. And the joy, because now he looked at the future differently. Yeah. So I, uh, on Easter Sunday, I preached about how we walk in victory. We line up in, when we choose to in victory formation, and it can literally be every single day, and we walk in victory because of Christ. And when we live the opposite, which is our, our normal, the way, when we live thinking the way we've always thought, it is almost impossible right. to get out of bed every day and line up in victory formation. And so that's what gets me excited about this stuff. You're exactly right, it's freedom that gives you a new lease on life to be able to then really dive in to the things that God wants for us. The fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace. I mean, that's, it, it's incredible to have this as just an opportunity to almost start over really. Well, yeah. Well, and literally, yeah. literally, yeah. I was watching a show the other day. And this gentleman was older and he's an attorney and he's developing dementia. And he says to somebody that, uh, and I looked up the quote, I can't find who originally quoted it. Uh, I feel, I don't want to plagiarize. So, uh, but he said that man is the sum of his memories. Mm -hmm. And because of my dementia, I don't want to lose who I am. Sure. Now I get that, that, you know, 
if your mind goes, you, you, you know, you're really living in the present moment. You don't, that's a very different thing. But that quote, a man is the sum of his memories. Hmm. And that's how most of us walk around all day is who am I? Well, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I climbed Mount Fuji. Yep. I, I was in the Navy. I, that's who I am. I'm an outdoorsman. I'm yep. a technology dude. I know everything about computers and that's who I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm a psychologist. That's who I am. I, I've worked in this field for 20 years. My memories define me. My identity, well, I look back. Right. Now, I get that. Right. I understand that. But what these thought-changing skills allow you to do is to look back at those memories and redefine them. Mm. Because if I look back and say, well, I'm a drug addict because I've done drugs for five or 10 years. Sure. That's who I am. Yeah. I have to live every day as an addict because that's what I did in the past. And that's my challenge every day is to stay clean and sober. Well, what if I look to the past from a positive perspective? And saw that the the challenges I've walked through, most created by me, mm -hmm. <laughs> the challenges that I've walked through have strengthened me to be this person today. And I can now begin to transform. You bet. And become that new creation. Saul became Paul. Yep. Saul no longer counted himself the perfect Jew once he transformed yep, because he accepted his new identity. Yep. And so man is the sum of his memories, but we are the ones who give those meaning, give those memories, meaning definition in the present moment you bet. by how we think about them. You bet. We so, have that control. So this is very transformative stuff. And the fire hose thing, it, there's no arrogance there. It, it's, I actually thought, used to feel so insecure around my colleagues because you know they can espouse wealth of knowledge, and I can't. Sure. I, I can read it, I can understand it, but it's going to start to fade in the next few days as my memory starts to fail me. So I've had to learn how to condense things down into paragraphs and sentences so that I can remember them. Yep. And uh, I, I've also been impatient. I've watched videos and I've been to seminars where a person will spend 45 minutes talking about how bad stress is on you and then five minutes about some stress management techniques. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, I know the first 40 minutes. Sure. L let's get to the, the management technique part. That's all I care about. You bet. And so last week when we were talking about how research is written and how the Bible is written, but how research is written, every single word is chosen for a reason. Mm -hmm. I did not include any fluff in here because I don't think people have time for it. Sure. And it's very distracting from the message. Yeah. The, the example that uh, somebody once used with me was if you came to my office and you did not know how to read, we could spend a good eight weeks sitting down and analyzing how this came to be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which teacher failed you? What was wrong with your parents? Which teacher passed you along when they should have held you back? What was your learning disability that prevented you from doing all of this? And at the end of those eight weeks, we would have a great understanding of how it is you don't know how to read. Or we could spend those eight weeks learning how to read. Yep. And so that's how I wrote the book was, you know, your stress, you know, your anger, you know, your anxiety and worry, and you don't want it. So I don't have to spend three hours, 42 pages telling you what, what's wrong with anxiety. Right. You already know it. Yep. Here's yep. how to fix it. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by it's a, it's a fire hose because you pick it up thinking it's thin and there's, you know, like most books, there's going to be about 50 pages in here that you could skip over. Sure. You can't skip any page in here. You cannot skip any paragraph because each one is chosen to teach you something. Yep. Yep. Well, I would like to personally just put a challenge out there for if you, if you're listening to this and you don't have the book real quick and I'll continue, but tell them how to get the book. Well, the, Easiest way um, is to go to my website, theparkergroupinc.com, click on the book, and there you can see the different links where it's for sale at Barnes and Nobles, uh, Books a Million, uh, Amazon. Go to Amazon and search for 12-2 spelled out. Yep. 12-2 Lance Parker. If you go to my website, when you click on a link, it takes you straight to the book. But if you just jump on Amazon and search for T-W-E-L-V-E-T-W-O, Lance Parker, it'll be there. Or uh, if you are in Wichita and you're running around free, um, stop by my office. You don't even have to talk to me. Just open the front door and right inside on the right-hand side, there's a shelf and that book is on the shelf. Yep. So here's the thing. Here's Listen, this is not an attempt to sell books. No. And I would not be standing here encouraging as much as I am to go get the book if I didn't 100% feel and know that if you dig into this, it will benefit you. It can, it can be life-changing. It's connected enough to the scriptures that it will change your life because it's all about us wanting to apply it. But my challenge is this. Today, I want you to go outside and I want you to change the weather. (laughs) Go outside and change the weather. And if you can't change the weather, then go get this book. Because what it's going to do is it's going to help you to understand you have been living a life where you actually believe you can change the weather. That is so true. Now, that'll make sense for you if you get the book. Yeah. (laughs) And so just Go get the book. And then you can go along in it with us for the next several weeks. I'm excited about this. And again, this is this is going to benefit all of us. And I'm telling you, relationships change. Everything changes when we change the way we think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Most it's, definitely. It's so good. And I didn't do it to make money. Yeah. That was the whole thing is, is I really did feel called to write the book. I felt called to open my mouth that day sure. in our group. Yeah. Once I said it, I felt this conviction come over me to get it completed. Yeah. And then I spent the rest of 2021 writing it. And then 2022, I spent 
working with the publisher, doing the editing process, uh, the wonderful, what did, what did you think about the, the graphics, the illustrations? Those are truly, I don't know who you went to. (laughs) (laughs) That was quite the, did you do those? Yeah. Well. (laughs) Do you recognize that one? I do. Mr. Ryan. Yeah. No, they're very fitting. They work great. It, it 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 adds to what's going on. Being serious. Well, and your your graphics are not overdone. When I teach the classes and the seminars, yeah. I, I hand draw yeah. out the graphics yeah. because I'm walking people through something. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, I'll just hand draw them in here too. Sure. Yeah. No, it's good. Really good. So I, yeah, I'm excited about this. This is gonna be good. Well, awesome. uh, anything else you want to cover for today? I think we're good. All right. Well, I'm Lance. Thanks for joining. I'm Mike. And we do appreciate you tuning in and spread the word and yeah. let everybody know that in the next couple of weeks, uh, two things will be happening. We will be transitioning to our new YouTube channel mm-hmm. and our new Facebook page. So there will be some crossover for a while. But eventually, it's just going to be just these guys, YouTube, and just these guys, you know, yeah. Facebook. So awesome. start looking for that and, and, and liking and following those pages so that you don't miss anything in the transition. There's a bonus on the new YouTube channel. Mike is not aware of yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's aware of yet. No. Nope. Because he can't figure out technology, so he didn't go see it yet. Exactly. But there is a playlist for all of our youtube or uh, podcast stuff oh cool and then there's another playlist where i will be dropping mic drops well it'll be just him hmm. moments from his preaching um various videos that, that for mike and mike only with with the, the wonderful message that he has so it's a twofer over there they're not on the current youtube channel or Obviously, they're not on the podcast, hmm. but on that new YouTube channel, you're going to be able to get additional content and material that, that you can't get right now. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate so that. again, I'm Lance. And I'm Mike. And we are just these guys, you know. See you next week. Mm-hmm.